The whole concept that patient comes as little as possible to hospital is a great concept, yeah? I think with that, we are increasing the compliance of the trial. We should uh, obviously take into account that uh, often the, the patients are quite sick, you know, and this is a big effort for them, you know, coming to the hospital. And also just uh, reducing the travel to hospital allows, you know, patient coming from a much more remote place, you know, to the study protocol, you know, which, which really increases the accessibility for uh, new treatments for the patients, yeah? Conversations in Healthcare, from Clarivate. Hello everyone, I'm Mike Ward, the Global Head of Life Sciences and Healthcare Thought Leadership at Clarivate, and I'd like to welcome you to this edition of Conversations in Healthcare. Today, we're going to be focusing on clinical trials optimization. As we're aware, clinical trials are undergoing sweeping transformations uh, with new and emerging technologies, introducing new modalities, and regulators actually rethinking the rules uh, in response to that. This shift, it's been hastened by the necessities of you know, pandemic era operating constraints and a growing attentiveness to the patient experience, as well as the need for more representative pool of participants in those clinical trials. Moreover, the availability of real world and other data sets is enabling clinical trial sponsors to identify trial sites, investigators, and protocols with much greater precision, potentially enabling them to speed products to market and also better meet the needs of, of, of the patients. However, this is not a trivial exercise and, and failure to execute efficiently is not only expensive, but it can delay the delivery of you know, what are potentially transformative medicines to patients. So it's it's with these thoughts in mind that I'm delighted to to be joined by Miroslav uh, Reljanovic, who is the executive chairman of, of Ergomed. So Miro, uh, thanks so much for joining me. Hi, Mike. Thank you very much for inviting me. That's great. So to kick off the discussion, uh, I, th I thought it might be useful for you to give us a, a brief introduction uh, of your background and, and, and the company, and also outline why you are actually so passionate about clinical trials optimization. Thank you very much. So uh, my background is medical. I'm a medical doctor, neurologist by, by specialty. Uh, I used to work quite a lot in a university hospital setting, you know, before starting Ergomet almost 25 years ago now, yeah? So I gained quite a lot of experience as an investigator and uh, and learned about the business from uh, from really the hospital setting, yeah? Uh, when, uh, in, in addition to, to doing a clinical research, Ergomet, the company I run for a number of years, uh, being specialized in, in oncology and rare diseases particularly, uh, we also uh, started a safety uh, management business, so managing the safety aspects of drugs in the development in post-marketing under the company brand Prime Vigilance. Ergomed is a public company in London embracing both part of uh, services, uh, drug development and uh, drug safety. Yeah? Uh, I am I, I'm personally very passionate about um, efficiency of clinical trials from uh, 
my early days, you know, being in hospital and then, then starting this business. Uh, when I started Ergomed and applied the clinical trial uh, trial in, let's say, 10, 10 hospital sites, you know, frankly speaking, I was quite uh, quite surprised, you know, about uh, many issues, you know, I, I've i seen at the site level, not not in professional or, or, or uh, clinical or, or, or any, anything like that, you know, but really in organizational level uh, and, and many challenges, you know. So uh, that was uh, really driver from from early days, you know, to introduce uh, a site support model to support the hospital sites to manage uh, the trials more efficiently, as well as uh, uh, development and introduction of a study physician model, where we have uh, physicians who are very experienced in clinical research and who really travel around the world and visit the hospitals uh, where we manage the trials. So that's that's a short introduction. We can go from there, yeah. Yeah, sure. And actually, it's the idea of sort of you know, traveling around the world, as I mentioned in the introduction, sort of the, the pandemic. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of brought some some changes. And I, I just wonder uh, to be able to conduct clinical trials when it was difficult for people to move around. Changes were were introduced. And I just wonder. Which changes that were introduced would you actually like to almost become a permanent fixture? Yeah. As we all know, the start of pandemic, uh, almost two years from now, yeah, was uh, was extremely dr- dramatic in all, all aspects of our, our, our societies, particularly uh, in, in the hospital settings for, for, for a couple of months, you know, even patients uh, couldn't come to the hospitals for normal uh, visits and stuff like that. Uh, and our staff, uh, particularly our clinical study monitors who have been going regularly to the hospital and uh, monitoring, checking the development of the trial in the hospital couldn't enter the hospital. So basically, we ought to find uh, very fast, very urgently in the discussions with uh, regulators, with FDA, with MHRA, with EMA, uh, ways how we will continue uh, uh, taking care about the patients in a trial, about their safety and, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, uh, there were uh, technologies available uh, which have not been fully utilized, yeah, like like remote monitoring uh, or remote monitoring visits. You know, basically assessing assessing the hospital files, you know, remotely and then checking documentation without really entering in the hospital. Yeah, regulators. Um, approve that you know that that was uh, quite challenging to get that that uh, approval from regulators before also all all elements of 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 studies which uh, could be done at patient home like uh, blood sampling or um, or let's say um, some 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 questionnaires which are part of the of the evaluation have been uh, done remotely. Uh, also, regulators accepted uh, basically virtual uh, consenting. You know, the patient doesn't need to come to the hospital, uh, see the physician, nurse, get full explanation of the trial, uh, but that it could be done in a virtual way. You know, remotely, and that uh, signing for the study could be also done remotely. Before before crisis, uh, corona crisis, that was not acceptable by by regulators. So, these are some very very, very basic, very simple changes which uh, uh, really transformed, you know, the, the approach to the trial. 
And I guess the improvement for patients was the fact that they weren't actually having to to travel. And after the pandemic, that would still be a, a benefit. Yes. You, you see, uh, the, the concept of uh, virtual clinical trial is really uh, the, the concept of uh, trying to manage as much as uh, possible the elements of clinical trial or study at patient home. Yeah, uh, This is extremely important because uh, we who, who are long in this business, we, we, we know that uh, many hospital sites are not really efficient yeah uh, believe or not you know even even 70% up to 70% of hospital sites when we start the trials are not efficient you know usually about just 30% of sites are efficient yeah which uh, means obviously that we need to change something yeah uh, this uh, pandemic crisis uh, pushed that change in a very positive way by my opinion that we really try to manage as possible the study protocol uh, elements and procedures at patient home, you know. The whole concept that patient comes as little as possible to hospital is a great concept, yeah. I think with that we are increasing the compliance of the trial. We should uh, obviously take into account that uh, often the, the patients are quite sick, you know, and this is a big effort for them, you know, coming to the hospital, waiting in a hospital uh, and, and things like that. And also just uh, reducing the travel to hospital allows, you know, patients coming from a much more remote place, you know, to the study protocol, you know, which, which really increases the accessibility for uh, new treatments for the patients, yeah? Yeah, you mentioned inefficiency, so it would be interesting. So what are the sort of the, the, sort of the key inefficiencies of the conventional clinical trials process that you think need fixing? Some of the key inefficiency is really the patient recruitment. You know, we we all know that uh, the, the studies are often delayed. You know, because uh, we get uh, the patients uh, with less uh, dynamic than we would like to have in a trial. Yeah. Uh, and that's very uh, often connected with uh, different hurdles, you know, patients have uh, in the process of clinical trial. You know, the distance, the, the compliance with the procedures, uh, readiness to come, you know, uh, because of cumbersome procedure, many visits, you know, many hospital uh, procedures and things like that, yeah. Uh, so th- these are some kind of uh, uh, kind of key inefficiencies. One, one of them is also... Uh, uh, basically, non-compliance with the study procedures, you know, all dropout, ra- dropout of the trial. Obviously, patient can uh, always withdraw from a trial if it is too demanding for for him or her. Yeah, so this this all creates a, a significant inefficiency, which I mentioned before. You know, regarding the the trial uh, implementation. Sure, and I, I guess that means that you know, one, it can sort of you know mess up the. Uh, the, the statistical analysis, but also it just adds extra weeks, months to yeah. to to the clinical trial process as well, which obviously adds to the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any 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 uh, prolongation of of of, of a recruitment or a higher dropout rate in a trial, you know, uh, obviously at at the, the time, yeah which add a cost. And okay, we are we are dealing here with the cost issue, but uh, we shouldn't forget that we are also dealing with the issue of time uh, uh, in which we are going to bring a new medicine to the patients, yeah? So this is our uh, main task, obviously, try to bring uh, as soon as possible the new new medicine to the patient. So 
that's all associated with really the dynamic of the development of drugs, new drugs, and we all know that it, it is very long process, yeah, and we should do whatever we can, you know, to, to, to make it faster and more efficient, yeah. Yeah. So, but we know that you know sort of the players in in this system, whether it be sort of you know, clinical trial investigators or, or or the sponsor companies, they would have had their sort of their processes, their protocols of the way that they do things in place. How easy is it for companies to adapt to th- this new thinking? I mean, what what sort of how do they re-engineer their, their, their processes? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good question. You know, yeah, uh, it's not easy, you know, to, to make a change is never easy. Yeah? Uh, and I will give you an example of uh, uh, data capture, data capture in a trial. You know, uh, it, it, it we needed about ten years, you know, to to move from a paper data capture. To electronic data capture, the technology was there, you know, but but implementation was slow. Okay, it was part of the problem of uh, uh, slow uh, slow internets and so on at that time, you know. Here we are also facing with a new concept, you know, where we are explaining the the, the sponsor, the clients, you know, with whom with whom we are working on the trials, you know, that uh, we should really bring as many as possible uh, visits, you know, uh, or protocol uh, procedures at patients home you know and this is this is an educational process because uh, uh, the market is used to 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 be the, the, the trial is done in the hospital also physicians are used that everything is in the hospital yeah uh, also we need to deploy a new workforce you know we need to, to deploy as many more nurses you know who are going to go to patient home you know procedures and things like that so to be realistic this, this is a process but uh, uh, it will take some time uh, but uh, my, I think it's uh, it's inevitable uh, a change which will happen uh, over the next years, you know, in, in trial approach, yeah? yeah. And, uh, I mean, are there some indications where it, it's going to be a lot easier to, to do these sort of, uh, uh, clinical trials in the, sort of the patient home and other indications where actually it's going to be impossible? No, I, I, th- I think... Uh, uh, in, in any indication, I, literally, I think uh, you know there might be some real exception. I, I can't, I can't figure out now. You know, but uh, I think in any indication, um, there will be uh, there will be possible to to, to manage uh, uh, at least part of the trial at patient home. You know, in in every, in every trial you have a. Let's say consenting, you know, so when patient get information and meets the physician, nurse, you know, discuss consent, you know, this can be hospital visits, can, can be done at home, yeah. Uh, but also in any trial, you have uh, some visits when uh, there are uh, some some control visits when there are. Uh, so-called like vital signs, you know, like ECG, like blood pressure, uh, blood sampling, uh, and things like that, yeah? And, you know, that can be done at patient home in any trial, yeah? And, and there are obvious indications, like if you take like like a hypertension uh, investigation or diabetes, you know, when probably majority of the procedures and testings, you know, can can be really done remotely, you know, with uh, variables, with devices, and and so on. Yeah, uh, so th- 
these these are these indications uh, are, are very very uh, uh, good for for this, uh, but also the, the areas where we work very intensively like, like oncology on rare, uh, uh, we see that we can do quite a lot of uh, of the trial at patient home, you know, and you know we need to take in account that the patients in in these indications oncology or many rare diseases are really very very ill patients and uh, and we are trying whatever we can really to uh, to to manage the trial as much as we can at patient home. Obviously, we cannot uh, uh, bring MRI scan or or, 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 or CT scan uh, at, at patient home. We need to bring patient uh, for those visits in the hospital. But then uh, we introduce concierge services. We we accompany patient with the nurse and 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 really do basically door to door service and 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 help them in that way as well. Yeah. So uh, you're making a very sort of compelling case for that almost patient-centric uh, clinical trial yeah, yeah. Uh, process. So, so what or, or who are the biggest barriers to actually uh, making this happen you know, all the time? You see, there are, you know, I, 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 I think that, that there is really good will, particularly uh, uh, after after COVID crisis. There is a good will from regulators uh, to accept new te- new technologies. Uh, regulators uh, in our industry are are quite conservative, which is understandable. Understandable, dealing with uh, very sensitive stuff like drug safety and always take care about the safety of the patients. Yeah, uh, but you know they they really you know accepted uh, quite fast uh, changes what I mentioned, yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, there is a need for, to change your mindset in a hospital uh, uh, settings, you know, that uh, uh, the, the hospital teams, uh, we call it side teams, you know, think in a, in a broader sense, you know, how to manage the part of the trial at the home, you know, and that's what, what we are working intensively in the other parties, yeah. And then there is a there is a the challenge, you know, to to assure enough resources, particularly nurses who are going to to visit the patient at home, you know. So there are a lot of studies, thousands of trials, you know. So you could imagine that this is a big workforce, you know, which needs to be uh, engaged in that in that effort. Yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, sort of, you know, just thinking about uh, you know these these changes to to, to, to clinical trials. Uh, I mean, you've you've already sort of alluded to the fact that they might be able to be done more efficiently, but I'm just sort of thinking in terms of 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 the patient. How do you have sort of any idea of or, or thoughts on you know, how it's going to impact you know patient access or or for example within the clinical trial itself, you know, patient diversity. Or also helping actually uh, reduce health inequities that uh, yeah, exist yeah. In, in some markets. Yeah, I think it's a great question. So thank you for asking uh, me that. You know, uh, you know, I, I think it's 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 absolutely critical question in all these uh, initiatives, which are really really fantastic on on, on diversity and equity, uh, and uh, to to apply it in 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 uh, clinical trial process in drug development process. Yeah. So firstly. Uh, if you look very simple, you know, if, if, if there are, you know, less hospital visits, you know, we can we can manage, we can include the patient from much uh, 
further distance, you know, than we could before, you know. Uh, we have a fantastic trend now that, uh, particularly in rare diseases, you know, where there are, if you imagine, just few patients in one smaller, smaller country, like four or five million people, you know, uh, they could uh, they could go and 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 uh, and uh, participate in a trial in other country, yeah. So we, we, we organize this now. There is no now national borders for, for the trials, yeah? Then if we measure, I, I, I just uh, came now from, from ASCO meeting, which is the largest oncology uh, congress uh, happening in, in, in USA uh, every June, yeah? Uh, where we discussed uh, uh, possibilities of uh, developing uh, some of oncology, uh, oncology trials in, in Africa, yeah? Uh, speaking with some some oncologists from from some African countries, and uh, obviously we need to uh, apply those principles. You know that we manage. Um, you know, send send nurses to patients from the distances are very very, very big. You know, uh, so. Uh, that, that that's that's all uh, uh, driving really this uh, this uh, element of diversity and health uh, equality. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, the the and the end point is really the the faster drug development. You know, and that's 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 the that's the main that's the main task from from all of us. You know, to to develop it, develop drug faster and more efficient. Yeah. Yeah, and so sort of thinking about that, so you know, with with these sort of changes and you know this this need, you know, for faster drug development, and also you know, for example, the African example that you that, that yeah. you you gave, who who should be in the vanguard? Yeah, you know, who should be taking the lead in 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 this in this revolution? Is, is, is it is it patients, physicians? pharma companies themselves or or is it the regulators who are going to have to drive this i i really think this is the 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 interplay of of, of all these uh um, of all these uh, factors or um, or initiatives yeah uh, one one of the best example where we really see that uh, we've done a great uh, great success over the last i would say 20 years is uh, is uh, is development in rare diseases yeah uh, where uh, uh, patient organizations uh, play a um, critically significant, important role, where regulators uh, have been extremely receptive, you know, to support and give some benefits to the industry, you know, to, to go into development of rare diseases, yeah? Uh, as well as us who, who are finding the way how to manage it uh, the, the most efficiently. So I, I, I really think this is the interplay of, uh, of all uh, parties and um, as far as I can see I think there is a lot of constructiveness in that approach you know particularly in rare diseases but also in in, in other diseases uh, which is happening now yeah I think it's a very positive note actually yeah, um, yeah. in which to uh, to end our conversation Samiro thanks very much for taking the time to share your thoughts on and insights on clinical trial optimization thank you very much Mike thank you I'd also like to thank the audience for taking the time to listen to Conversations in Healthcare. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, I'm Mike Ward, and goodbye. Please follow and listen to other editions of Conversations in Healthcare, where you can hear the thoughts of key opinion leaders from across the whole of the healthcare ecosystem. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or other podcast directories. 
share, like, review, or join the conversation with your comments on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook by clicking on the share link.